Welcome to Sparks and Recreation, your source for info on community events, meta-analysis, and everything Hero Realms. Part of the Realms Rising Network. Heroes of the Realms, welcome to episode 22 of Sparks and Recreation, which is coincidentally the final episode of 2022. We have given you a bunch of content in conjunction with the Dungeons cards uh, beta release, and we have been previewing those cards for you, but our time is almost done, guys. We need to take a little break for the holidays as well. I am your host, Matthew Jigma-Linkba-Rooks, joined as always... By my right hand man, the living legend himself, Tim Agent C13 McKenzie, the hook to my spyglass. <laughs> my man. That's these, me. These dungeon upgrades are so underwhelming. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to add more <laughs> Names. words to them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how's it going, my friend? I, I'm the hook. I'm like that old uh, uh, Peter Pan movie with Robin Williams, right? I'm Actually, to... underrated movie too. Not so. It's a good movie. movie. It's a good one. That is a good um, one. Yes, um, I'm doing good. I'm excited to be recording this episode and uh, look at the last faction of cards that we're going to go over tonight. And uh, I'm also excited to take a little break here and uh, mm. celebrate, you know, Christmas holidays and stuff, and spend some more time with the family and a little less time podcasting for a couple weeks, and then. <laughs> Get back Boring. into it. <laughs> here, here. I, I, I'm with you there, buddy. Um, we'll keep pushing through here. We are also joined by Chris Double Dubs, a.k.a. Deeble Dubs, a.k.a. The Diamond One, Wahlberg. Uh, I just want to preface this and no, say nobody that... Nobody calls him the Diamond One. You just, uh, he just I did. He just, just did. Yeah. <laughs> I whispered in my sleep. I whispered in my sleep about Chris when I, when I think about him. Sam, Aww. wait until your intro. You're not allowed to speak until you've been introduced, buddy. Come on. <laughs> Tell me what to do. Ease it up there, buddy. I, I know you're a legend now, but to, let's take it easy here. Um, no, I just want to say Chris has been fat, fighting an inner ear f- infection the last couple rounds we did. He, and recently he's been fighting through a stomach bug. How are we doing, buddy? Yeah, man, it's been tough times. The 15 days of antibiotics took its toll on my immune system. And then I send my son off to the Petri dish known as daycare. And he uh-huh. came back. He was sick. He had uh. he had a double ear infection and pink eye and something that was making him no. throw up. And then I got a little piece of that. So it has just been tough times. But uh, almost was going to call it off for this evening, but was too hyped to congratulate Sam here and also just close out uh, the podcast for the year. So we're pushing through excited to uh, dig into this with you guys tonight here. He would not uh, deny the masses their uh, weekly injection of double dubs. Here he is. By the way, he's thinking about changing his nickname to double pink eye uh, in the new year to celebrate, <laughs> celebrate his, uh, his overcoming of the recent Ill- illnesses. Dude, okay. I was so nervous about getting pink eye i was like i'm just gonna rub my eye on his eye and get it over with because like so I was gross. My- <laughs> matt you have to edit this out this is disgusting pink eye it really is disgusting it's the worst i have bad memories hey, let's, let's talk about uh sam 
yeah, okay. last but not least. Now, uh, and uh, sorry for being a little curt with you earlier, Sam, but we have you been bastard. saving this introduction of our newly crowned Thandarian legend, <laughs> Sam Scrapforce Parsons. Welcome back to the podcast, bad buddy. Here you are on your yeah. triumphant return. How's it not, going? Not just, not just any legend, but the only wizard legend. Right. No, I I hear I'm not the only wizard legend, but but it was the first whiz off and I came out victorious. So Oh, there's been Props another wizard. All, there's a rumor. We were talking about it at the at the tournament. There's a rumor there's another one, but no one has like an account of it. Someone just yeah. thinks that there was one at some point. So nah, I think Yeah. You know, I mean, it, does that give me a standing to say maybe I, I am, maybe I'm not? I, I don't know. You know what I would say, Sam? I put that chart together of all the the winners uh-huh. and there i found nothing about a wizard legend so okay yeah we can, we can say, say no confirmation you're the first confirmed wizard legend right we can that? say yes. probably the first wizard legend <laughs> according to records you you are the first one now and we'll yep. talk about this in the community roundup because there was it was basically guaranteed there was going to be a wizard uh exactly this time but which i think uh, is anyways. a fair call it's not like the first legitimate beat beat of fighters be fighter. but not the first like open tournament win where open classes but it was a whiz off which we all thought was and, hilarious and you my friend emerged victorious over everyone I did over some did. really tough competition too and again we'll go over this later congratulations buddy really gla- great to have you back and thank you for your really nice reports and interview with bird law last episode too really, really oh, good thank you. Good i really enjoyed it it was really a great experience, and you know, guys, I'm really happy to be back. It pained me to the core to miss these other updates uh, on the beta cards. I've been really enjoying playing with you guys, and uh, thank you so much for bringing that up and acknowledging and everything, and just shout out to everyone that played with me. You guys are all amazing. You are, if I could if I could share the prize with you, I would, but I can't, so I guess I'm <laughs> going to be the legend, and I'm going to get a cool card on my face, and I'm really <laughs> excited about it. Sorry, I'm really excited about it, and it's going to be great. <laughs> note note to self at 725 of the recording sam drops his first <laughs> f-bomb that'll make it easier yeah. I, I, do, I do like how you censored that in the last one yeah well <laughs> and just a note to the audience too we've we slipped uh, we let our language slip a little bit there for a while but we are going to go back to being more family yes. oriented uh you might hear uh you know an occasional shit or damn uh, there as i just dropped them now but we're going to definitely try to cut out the the f-bombs and other Yes. Other really bad stuff. So uh, you can listen with your kids in the car again, guys. Okay. Timmy, do you want to qu- give a quick shout out to our pat- uh, Patreons? I was about to. So um, Patreons, I want to say thank you for uh, giving a little bit of your well-earned, uh, you know, monetary funds to help support the podcast. Uh, I want to say uh, thank you to Inda Luce to S Freak, to Logan K. Stewart, to Double Dubs and Noodle Tool Bay. Thank you all for supporting us. We appreciate it. And uh, we wouldn't do this if people didn't want to listen to it. So we're glad you guys think it's worth a little bit. Great. Yeah. And uh, if you guys are interested in helping out, uh, support uh, our server costs and other things, uh, check out the link in the show notes. There's instructions on how to do so. So let me do a quick Hero Helper update. Just ran the numbers, my friends. We have 74,000 total games that have been logged in Hero Helper. And we have 136 users 
pretty awesome. Pretty damn awesome. I, also, another little quickie uh, to slip in there. <laughs> we, I also was working on the very last data set from our sheet that will be transferred to the website. So what that means, my friends, is that I can stop writing queries to get to, to get the data collected and uh, ready for display and start writing the connections to the website, which is great. That means we're really close, really, really close. So that is your Hero Helper update, hero-helper.com. Please sign up and track your win-loss rate if you want to. If you don't want to, that's fine too. It's up to you. And with that said, we're going to dive right into the Dungeons Necros preview. Just a quick little post-production note here. As Sam mentioned, we are going to jump right into the Dungeons Necros previews next, and then follow that up with the Community Roundup. That will be the end of the first part of episode 22. The second part of this special episode will be the interview with our own Sam Scrapforce Parsons, the newly anointed legend. We're going to interview him and ask him a little bit about how that Legends tournament went. Unfortunately, I had to leave that interview due to a parent-teacher conference that I had to attend. But thankfully, the other three cast members carried on in a special, quote-unquote, after dark Sparks and Recreation session that continued the interview. And they had some really great discussion with Sam. So you can catch that all coming up in part two. But first, let's enjoy the Dungeons Necros previews. All right. With that said, time for Necros. <laughs> All righty. Here we go. Greetings. It is I, Nostra Double Domus, a wizard with glimpses of the future of Thandar. Stay a while and listen. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, man. All right. Let me start with the cheap ones. That high value. One gold action. Demonic Rage. Uh, I've been enjoying this card in the beta. I will say this card allows you to get one gold and also allows you to sacrifice a card in your hand or disc card pile. If you pair it with another Necros, you get two additional damage. You can also trash can this biznatch for two additional damage to help finish that game off or maybe kill a pesky champion that's in the opposing role, uh, row. Uh, I personally like this card. Uh, I think I like this card better than the Death Touch. Um, and it's pretty nice. What do you guys think? Let's go with Timmy. Well, what's your grade first, Sam? What's your grade? I don't want to grade it right now. No, I want to wait until you're used Grade it. Grade it. You, you're first. you have to. That's how it uh, works. I'm feeling that this is like, well, death touch is not that good anyway. So I'm, fe- I, I like that you can sacrifice it without getting another sacrifice card. Cause a lot of times I'll grab a few death touch and sacrifice them like as it goes, but you can trash this one. I'm going to give it a B minus. I don't want to be too like generous. I'd say B minus okay. maybe a B. All right, I'm okay. going to go next just because we have the order. We'll go Sam, Matt, Tim, Chris, and we'll just do that for everything, okay? okay. Um, I'm going to go a little bit higher than Sam. I'm going to 
a one cost card that lets you sacrifice your hand or discard pile is freaking awesome. The fact that it self-sacrifices so you can remove it from your deck when you're done with it is even better. Uh, just an awesome card. I'm going to give it a solid B+. Plus. B+. Plus. So, um, I don't like it as much as you guys. And I'm going to tell you why. Like because you're adding a card to your deck that gives you one gold. So you're basically adding a gold to your deck that will allow you to thin your deck down. But it's going to take shuffles to do that. So you're slowing your deck down to thin it down and make it faster. Eh, I think it's all right. It's definitely not a bad card. Um, I'm going to give this a B minus. Uh, it saves itself from a C because it has the self-sacrifice ability, in my opinion. I, If it were two gold, higher grade, so, something that improves my deck and sacrifices, I like a lot. Something that just basically adds a filler card that lets me sacrifice other cards I don't like as much. Interesting. <clears throat> yeah, so I'm more on the high side of this card. I do like that... Um, the that it scraps itself out right that we've kind of mentioned each of us has um that's awesome when you compare it straight up to death touch it's just like a better death touch and i am quite regularly buying death touch early um your point about how it's just like adding a gold to your deck is really good though i think it comes down to like how often are you playing the classes that value the sacrifice right, right? right. like if you're playing a lot of cleric or like boots thief or you know different mm -hmm. of those classes that are trying to take it to the long game and you value the sacrifice more then you're going to like this card more and i think that's the um what i've been exploring most in dungeons and so i'm gonna lock it in at a b here i've been pretty happy with demonic rage and just once more i have to say that i really love the design on all of the one cost actions they they hit it out of the park on all of them i'm making mm -hmm. them like interesting contextual yeah. buys that are very cool yep Good this guy has one of the coolest right. belts i've ever seen i just gotta say <laughs> outside of the huge. wwf i was gonna that say it's like he, he won the wrestling title or something <laughs> especially with the way his shirt's like ripped open does he yeah. look like John Cena with horns? Yes or no? <laughs> kind of. A little it. bit. I see it. Man, kind of. Um, all right. So we're all in the Bs for that. B plus for me, uh, Bs and B minus. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Pretty mm -hmm. solid card. All right. Moving right along. Uh, next, we have a two cost action. This is called Soul Transfer. Uh, it's just a simple action that gives you two gold and two combat, but you can sacrifice it to put a champion from your discard pile on top of your deck. Holy shnikes, this is a great card. Uh, first of all, just the economy and damage you get from a two-coster mm -hmm. is pretty solid. Uh, yeah. Two and two. Uh, and, of course, the Necros faction, um, just being able to faction it with other Necros is really nice. And the fact that you can ditch this later, mid to late game, to take a champion that's in their discard, or maybe you just bought from mm -hmm. the market row and put it on top of your deck, is incredibly strong, especially mid to late game. Uh, you know, part of me wants to give this almost an A minus, but I think I might be jumping the gun a bit, and it's <laughs> only going to work if you have champs. So I'm going to yep. temper a, a little bit and go drop it down to a B plus, though. I, I think it's a solid B plus, borderline A minus. Uh, it's a great card. I really like Soul Transfer. Uh, Tim, what do you think about this? 
Yeah, I I like this card too, just for the fact that the two economy and two combat that you get on the card it's pretty nice for a two coster. Uh, so so I really like that the sacrifice ability is kind of like a bonus. Sooner or later, you're probably going to have a champion, and having a somewhat decent one that you can put on top of your deck late game is pretty nice. And and the two economy and two damage is something that you're going to want to use early and mid game. So the the design of the card I really like in that respect. Um, I love the art on the card. It almost looks like he's like transferring Freddie Mercury's soul there. I don't know. That, that's what the dude kind of looks like to me. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I'll give this a B plus. Yeah, I I, th- I think that's uh, that might that might be a little much. But I find a lot of use in this card when I've been playing it in the in the in the beta. So I like this one. Tim, before yeah, I think that before sorry, Chris, before you go, I just want to say that is Amaranth, the unfading in the artwork. So we're seeing the five Ooh, cost champion you, in there, I think. You stole my little point out, you <laughs> dirty dog. All right, go ahead. Keep going. Keep going, Chris. Ninja. Hilarious. Go ahead, Chris. Um so I think that the the range of power levels on this card like kind of fluctuates quite a bit. And some of the like really cool things you can do with it are awesome. (laughs) And uh, other times it's like kind of just okay. My experience with this card is when I looked at it, I was like, well, I probably would like almost always get this over a fire gem. So that's pretty good. Right. And then, and so I bought it. And then when I drew it on my next deck, I was like, Oh my God, I can buy that six coster and put it on the top of my deck right away. This is insane. And and then, you know, you kind of like scrapped out this essentially economy card. There's a little bit of damage. Mm-hmm. So you like thinned out your deck for like future playings of that more expensive champion that you just bought. So I thought that was a nice little synergy with it. <coughs> and if you can save it to the mid to late game, you can have some control on your factioning by putting a specific champion mm-hmm. of a particular faction on top of your deck. So really there's a lot of different things that can go on with this card. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to lock it in at a B I think. And that's just kind of like taking in the average of all the different ways that this one can play out. Nice. Yeah. Same I amazing. like that a lot. I, I agree um, with a lot of what you guys have said already. Um, I think it, I love that they I love it when they put the other characters on the cards and they like weave them together with the lore. It's fantastic. Um, the I, with you guys, I'm like cleric. I'm grading this probably a B plus a minus. And but for like the general overall grade, I'd say B. I do find myself buying this card quite often, but I generally like it when I've got other red cards in my hand already. Um, or there's not something to cost that would give me like gold and a heal. I, maybe I'm just biased, but I'm buying a lot of heal lately. So, um, sometimes I'll prioritize that since it's not scrapping anything or doing anything mm-hmm. like that. So that's kind of where, where I'm at with it. Nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, all yeah, righty. All pretty solid. Yeah. Go ahead. Tim. Yeah. So our next card is the two cost champion by the name of scavenger. It uh, gives one gold, or you can sacrifice a card in your hand. And it is a two-defense guard. Um, honestly, I'm not a big fan of this card. I, 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 I like the sacrifice. I like I like the fact that they're doing some of the sacrifice only from hand, rather than from hand or discard. I like 
I like the effects that are like that in Star Realms. I always like the the situational sacrifices. So it makes it not quite as good if it has to be from your hand, you know, sort of like the sacrificial dagger. And so, like, I like the fact that good players can use that to their advantage, you know, in, in – the more you know how to play, the better you're going to be able to use the card, basically. Um, and know when not to use it. So there's that. But the fact that it's a two-defense champion, and if you're not sacrificing a card in your hand, it only gives you a gold, I'm going to give this a C. Yeah. And so I want to say, this one has just been a total clunker for me, guys. And like I saw it, and I was like, sacrifice and it's cheap and maybe I can use it a bunch. That seems awesome. And I really wanted to like it. But then when I actually played it, it actually to use that sacrifice, a card in your hand, you're usually costing yourself two gold because you could be tapping the scavenger for one gold and the one gold that's in your hand. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden when you're getting two gold less, it's like, ah, is this really worth it? So I just, I, I've been buying these a lot to try to get them to work and I just can't make it work. And I, I don't know. I haven't found a a great spot. I'm going to, yeah, go ahead, Tim. No, go ahead and give your grade. And then I'll give my little comment here. C minus with hope for it to be better, but it just, yeah. Yeah. It is high in the running for some of the best artwork. of. Oh yeah. Super cool. Super cool. Excellent artwork. But much like you, I, I'm really disappointed when I draw this card after I bought it, honestly, yeah. in the yeah. game. And it's like, why did I buy this <laughs> a lot of times? Yeah. So, Yeah, I feel like you're going to buy it, and then you're going to draw it with a hand of other awesome cards. And you're like, well, there went the value <laughs> for this. Yeah. Um, in, go in, the two, in the two defense, like that doesn't stick around. It's yeah, a guard, right. so it can't hide behind anything, and it's just... Yep. Yeah, which actually this so that that's a decent segue to what I was uh, gonna say. The the only time that I like to buy the scavenger is when I'm playing very specifically a helm fighter. That's it. Otherwise, I'm probably not buying scavenger. If I am playing a helm fighter, this can be a really good like low cost buy that will trigger my helm extra mm-hmm. damage. And then in that case, if I use it for the one gold or the sacrifice or don't, I don't honestly care. I'm triggering that damage um, mm-hmm. and going from there. Now, fighter versus fighter, now that they awarded the two damage for um, those particular uh, skills, I can't remember. Knockdown and... Knockdown and, and, yeah, thank you. So those are now going to kill this immediately, which sucks. So that definitely takes away some of that value. But, I mean, it's only those builds that can do that. So uh, it has a little bit of utility with that. Um and otherwise, yeah, not buying that usually. I think I'm more on the C minus, maybe even a D plus train for this guy. Uh, the sacrifice is good, but man, you really feel it when it's sacrificed from your hand only. I also mm-hmm. don't like the sacrificial dagger for that same reason very much. Yeah. So it is what it is. What do you think, Jig? I, I'm going to agree with Sammy here. I think it's a D plus. The sacrifice is tempting because sacrifice is so good, but. Uh, as you guys have kind of said, Double Dove said, you know, you're going to lose two gold, the gold from your hand and the gold that you can yep. get from the scavenger. And basically mm-hmm. you have to use this the turn you play it because it's not going to stick around. It, mm-hmm. Surely it's not going to stick around. 
I will disagree with Sam a little bit because I do think clerics like this card. Mm -hmm. It's a good card for cleric uh, mm -hmm. who's happy with any sacrifice at all. Yeah. Um, steel so, could be good. What do you think about steel over um, soul? Uh, yeah. yeah, I yeah, I I personally like steel over soul, anyways, uh, better. Uh -huh. Although, although double dubs just beat me with this. Let's, yeah, let's talk yeah, about that his, jig <laughs> in our uh, cleric championship matchup. But, um, yeah, no, I think it's a D plus. I it, it's and it's a high D plus if that makes sense. Like it's still sacrificing but it's probably not going to do a lot of work for you you might actually be regressing when you buy this card it's not going to help your deck that said it does it might have the best artwork in in necros i really love this artist who takes these different perspectives like we're looking mm -hmm. from this kind of uh opened coffin that this uh tomb raider is looting from i think he also did the lead the way uh, from mm -hmm. uh, the Imperial faction. And I just like the mm -hmm. playing with perspectives rather than just like looking at a character straight on and this kind of static mm -hmm. pose. Uh, it's really cool. So A plus for the artwork. Unfortunately, everything else is a, is a D, <laughs> D plus. So. Yeah. That face tat is wicked. I agree with you 100%. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's All keep right. it moving on. Chris, you're up next. Yep. We are looking at a three cost action called Grave Robbery. It provides two economy when you play it and also says you may sacrifice a card in your hand or discard pile. Then it also has the faction ability to put a champion from your discard pile on top of your deck. There's something immediately I want to call out about this, which is very peculiar about this card to me. It is one of the only instances I can think of where it is a straight upgrade over another card that already exists. Those of you who listened to some of our previous episodes or have played with the call to arms or the first Kickstarter promo pack may think of afterlife. Afterlife is the same exact card, but it does not have the ability to sacrifice a card in your hand or discard pile. Usually when they design cards, the later ones are like tweaked in a way that like, it's probably better, but it's like situational enough that you can make a case where they're, you know, one might be better than the other, but Grave Robbery is just literally straight up better. It's the same card with the you may sacrifice a card tacked onto it. Um, <laughs> so anyways, I just thought that that was really interesting. It's not like a design thing you see very often from Wise Wizards. And it makes me wonder if this one might get uh, changed down the road because of that fact. I, I don't know. Um, it adds to like this critical mass of putting champions from your discard pile on top of your deck. As we already read about soul transfer that does it grave robbery does it and afterlife does it. And um, maybe I'm forgetting some, obviously Varric does it if you're playing with the base set. So uh, this can really enable that kind of strategy. And of course it's an econ card with um, some sacrifice stapled onto it. So I really like this card. I find myself buying it a lot in the early game. It's an expensive set dungeons is overall uh, that makes you want to buy econ. So I'm going to go uh, B plus on this one. I've, I've really liked it when I played it. Uh, how about you, Sam? What do you think of grave robbery? Grave robbery. I think with grave robbery, uh, I, you know, the thought that comes to mind with all these put a champion from discard pile on top of your deck is that I really want to watch the meta and see when we, you know, play with the dungeon set. How much better does cleric do at level 12? Because right now we're seeing a lot of poor performance 
But will these cards, if we're able to, you know, get lucky and prioritize them or whatever, will they maybe turn that tide a little bit? Because this put a champion on top of your deck from your discard pile is like really insanely powerful, really for all classes, but so much so for the cleric because they're already buying scraps. So you're going to have red cards in your hand, period. If you can, if you can get them, of course. And then uh, now maybe you're top decking them. So that's the first thing that comes to mind as a general thought with this skill. As far as this card goes, I think it's really good um, for the reason of having that faction ability to, to top deck a champ. And then in general, just getting two gold to sacrifice a card for only three cost is insane. So, I mean, I'm grading this one at least a B plus, maybe even an A, definitely an A, mi- a minus uh, if you're a cleric. That's my thought. Mm. Uh, okay, I'm next. I guess I'm definitely saying at least B plus. I'm also tempted to give it an A minus, but unless you can, well, you know what? I don't know, screw it. I'll just give it an A minus. He's going the fact, big. The fact that, well, it's an early game card, right? If you can get this your first or second deck, it's going to be a huge boom mm-hmm. for you because it's giving you economy, two economy, and you can sacrifice from hand or discard at only three cost. So it's easy to buy early, can really help you shape your deck. And then once you combine it with other Necros, you can really use that uh, top decking, champion top decking uh, mechanic to your advantage. So I think it's a great card. It's one that you can actually tune your deck around and build for if you get it early and really uh, take it, exploit it and take advantage of it. So I'll give it an A minus. It's probably a little high, but uh, I really like it for wizards. I really like it for um clerics obviously love it uh rangers probably don't need it unless it's first turn uh, but they might get it first turn um I, I don't know i think it's just an overall pretty solid card especially early game what do you think about it tim yeah uh i'm gonna agree with you guys i think this is a really good buy early later game less so uh so i wouldn't give it an a uh, I'm probably going to give it a B plus. I think the uh, ally to top deck a champion from your discard is nice, but again, like I don't, I don't always count on those. But two economy and sacrificing a card early game is really strong. So uh, yeah, B plus. Nice. All right. So moving on to the next one, I got this one. Um, we have a three cost champion called the stalking vampire and the stalking vampire uh, puts us back on the roller coaster where we have a really good card and then a not so good card uh stalking vampire can give you two damage or sacrifice a card in your hand and you're back to that mechanic that this may be one of those ones that just feels bad and is actually really strong and maybe i mean i might take that as a challenge to be like okay doesn't matter still sacrifice that card but like you were saying earlier, Chris, it's it's tough to get rid of that in-hand gold or in-hand, uh, you know, card that you may or may not need. Uh, it's just tough. It's just hard to do it because then you can't buy that card that you need and pop your skill and do this and do that. You know what I mean? So I think stocking Vampire, it's all right. It's good. It's OK if you need to faction and things like that. But and it's not it's a four health champion, but it's not a guard. Um, so that's another kind of strike against it. If it was a guard, it'd be a little bit better. I'm probably going to go, uh, C, 
Maybe a C minus. I don't. I really don't find myself buying it that often after playing with it a little bit. What do you think, Timberly? No, no, I'm Matt. Not what do you think, Matt? Just look at the. <laughs> but color I did say Timberly. Next that was funny. Timberly is actually a pretty good one, but. Um. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just gonna throw out there. My parents told me if I would have been a girl, my name would have been Kimberly. So, oh, wow. I had a, yeah. there, there must have been a, a feeling in the air or something. Yeah. Up on. <laughs> there, we go. there we go. Um, Today I learned. Stalking Vampire. This is way better than the Scavenger, uh, mm-hmm. which is a two cost card uh, and only has two defense, even though it is a guard. This actually, I'm going to disagree with Sam. I think the fact that it's a non-guard increases its value, Uh, and it I agree has four and it has four defense, so it's a lot harder to kill. This is one that's actually probably going to stick out uh, around multiple turns, especially early game. Um, The fact that you can choose between damage or sacrificing a card in your hand is uh, the two damage is more probably helpful than one gold from the the scavenger. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, the cost performance on this three cost card is way better than the two cost on the scavenger, which I gave a D plus. I'm going to give this a full grade higher and go C plus. It's not quite in B. Maybe I, I could see an argument for B minus, but I'm just going to I'll stick with C plus. It's a solid card. It's not very exciting, uh, but uh, it's way better than the scavenger. So C plus borderline B minus. Tim, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to agree with you here. I think you took like all the points of what I was going to say and said them before I could. So great. I, I do like, I do like that. It's not a guard. I find that it sticks around turns because of that. It'll hide behind your guards and it'll stick around more. Um, I mean, the two damage is not amazing, but for a three cost champion, that's not bad. And then you have the option to sacrifice a card from your hand. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think a C plus is where I land on it too. Tim took what I was gonna say because I was gonna say Jig took what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 um, but none of us were gonna say Sam took what I was gonna say. So, well, you got all, <laughs> Dude, you're all wrong, <laughs> and you'll see why. You're all you're all wrong. I just want to say that, like, yeah, the um, it's this card is way less of a feel bad, but it's still not awesome, right? right. Like, um, you know, I think C plus is is right where it lands. It can, it can, it can be solid and do some real work for you. I do like that for defense on it at um only a three cost, and then the flexibility of the sacrifice the card in your hand or the damage. It just it just plays a lot better. It doesn't read too much better than the scavenger but in my experience it plays better, a lot so. better mm-hmm. yeah that's, i will uh, say uh the art has really got an interview with the vampire vibe and i think it does cool. does yep it is good art great art actually. it's very it's very nolens you know vampires yeah <laughs> yep vandar's kind of nolens feel with all this yeah. i like it Vandar, anyway keep them rolling here uh i've got the we we all graded that right i hope i didn't skip anybody we're good. Okay, I got the next card, which is a four-cost action called Stalk from the Shadows. And we see, once again, the stalking vampire appearing. He's rising out of water. The shadows. <laughs> Unfortunately, are those, that's not shadows. It's water, though, isn't it? Then he's kind of but he, he's in the shadows in the water. Okay. Yeah. The light, the light isn't water. hitting him. 
Yeah, the, the guy's like holding a torch. He's in like the a dark sewer. Yeah, this unsuspecting knight is about to get uh, jumped by this <laughs> by this vampire <laughs> from the shadowy waters. Anyway, it's a four cost action. It does six damage, and you may sacrifice a card in your hand or discard pile. Pretty, but solid that's not stuff. all. <laughs> he said it. It also goes to the bottom of your deck when you acquire the card. Dun, yes, dun, please. Dun. And thank you. Great cost value. Uh, at only four cost, you get a nice solid uh, damage number at six. Um, the sacrifice in your hand or discard is awesome. Uh, the fact that it's an action is great. Um, and the fact that you can put it on the bottom of your deck when you buy it makes it super strong. It There's not a bunch you can say about it that we haven't already said about the bottom decking stuff, but uh, I'm going to give this a solid A minus guys. Um, it's just good. I almost always want to buy it for four when I see it. Uh, it's a good way to, um, you want to buy it early game. You want to buy it mid game. You're not, you will not hesitate to buy it late game either. Cause you know, you get that right. six damage right away. So I solid A minus from me. Uh, what do you think, Tim? Yeah. Um, I'm going to agree with you here. Uh, I, I think this is an A minus. Um, the only time, the, the one thing I want to say, I guess, not the only time. I don't know where that came from. Um, the one you acquire, you put it on the bottom of your deck. A lot of times that happens and you end up basically top decking it. So it's bottom deck for your first shuffle. You shuffle and then it's at the top of your deck there. And then you don't have a discard to sacrifice from. Unless you have a track or something like that or, or a drawn discard. So... That's a very minor downside to this card, but I, I think this hmm. is an A minus at four cost, six damage, and sacrificing a card. I don't know when I'm not going to want to buy this. There, unless there's a better card out there, which definitely there are better cards than this. But this is really solid. The art's pretty awesome. Love this card. Yeah, Tim, I think that's a great call out about the acquiring it and how you actually end up top decking it and not having a discard pile. That was kind of what I noticed the first time I like played it and bought it. That said, it's still, it's still awesome. Yeah, yeah, like it's just it's it's a minus on rate and there's no there's no denying it. It's good uh, throughout. Uh, really not too much to add for me on this one. Yeah, awesome. I, I kind of with you guys. I mean, all the bottom deck ones are amazing. Um, I really like them all. I think they all have a great cost value. None of them are that expensive and they all have a really high attack value. I think it's fantastic. So this one in particular having this <laughs> is great. I hadn't thought about the fact that you usually are not actually pulling it with a, with a discard pile, which makes it rough. But then of course you're going to shuffle your deck and get some more. Now I have a question for you guys because I haven't experienced this yet. Have you guys bought any of the bottom deck cards while you while you uh, are trying to use the guild top deck ability, and does it negate the bottom deck? Yes. You know what I'm when, trying to say? What, it's kind of confusing. Have, when you have a card effect that will let you top deck or put something to hand, yep. you can choose to do that, and then it will go to the top of your deck. Okay. Even if it so has that on. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. So um, just to, I was wait, curious just to, about that with for all the listeners. Of them, though. The way this is important. The way to do that is usually you have to click on the card to get that top deck effect. Right? Yes. Like it'll say, acquire the next card to the top of your deck. Uh, or maybe mm -hmm. you might not have to do that. But when you buy a card, it'll say, do you want to buy this normally? 
or there's some cards where you actually have to click on the card, the yep. guild card itself to activate that ability. And then it'll top deck. Mm -hmm. yep. So yeah, yep. you, you have and the choice on what it does. I, I yeah. and actually just, just to be specific with it, uh, with it, I don't think there's any cards that say the next card you buy, go to the top of your deck. They're all you select like Rasmus, uh, Deception, all of those. Mm -hmm. um, bribe doesn't you work. You click like on that. the card. What's that? Bribe. I don't think bribe. I don't think you click on the card. Do you? Yes. You do click on bribe. Yep. Oh, you yes. do. Okay. Yeah, you do mm -hmm. it for all of them. Okay. So yeah, you that, click on the awesome. card, and then the then that card that you buy goes to the top of your deck. Yeah. The other Even thing that's cool too is it goes to the bottom. The other yeah. The other thing that's cool too is they usually will glow blue once you. Yes. Like if you can top deck them, they'll glow blue. I just haven't and had a chance to buy one like this yet in beta. One so other thing too is if that. you can top deck it, the game will remind you if you try to buy it without activating the top right. deck ability. It'll say, "Do you yeah. want to buy this normally, or do you want to top deck it?" So it's yeah. the game actually does a really good job of making sure you don't screw up the the top decking stuff. Right, mm -hmm. and in this case, I would prefer to top deck it, so I did have a discard pile. But that does not take away the fact that it's still an A minus card. And with that, let's pass it to Timothy. All right. So our next one is a four-cost champion. It is Ophelia the Twice Blessed. She uh, gives you three combat when you expend this champion. She is a five defense non-guard. And when you acquire this card, you put it on the bottom of your deck. Um. I don't know how I feel about this card, really. I think it's pretty decent. Um, I don't think it's great. Uh, maybe it's just... I feel like if I'm spending four four gold, I want more than three damage out of it. But it is a champion. It has a cha At five descent defense, there's at least a somewhat decent chance that it might stick around multiple turns, and then I like it a lot better. So I think especially if I have like some guards that it can hide behind a little bit, I like this card a lot. If I don't have that, it usually doesn't stick around, and I don't feel like it's worth the four cost. So I'll give this a solid B, I think, overall. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of the analysis there. I'm going to swing in just a touch lower at B-. minus. Um, I think that she's like a real role player, where if you can identify the right situation, um, Ophelia can be really good and what i mean by that is she's really pesky with that five defense non-guard so if you're going the the dude wall route um she can hide behind that dude wall pretty nicely and provide a really consistent three damage and with all the necros cards to put cards at the top of your deck and stuff like that um i just think she fits in really well with like a go wide champion strategy and if she's just kind of hanging out on her own she's not as good so uh, that's my grade. I'm really curious about the lore around her. She seems like, you know, she's like a named character. Something happened to her that she was uh, blessed twice. I'm thinking that has something to do with like her turning into a vampire. So part of me is really curious to find out more about this character's story. And I'm hopeful that we get to learn more about her. Nice. That's cool. I didn't, yeah. I didn't wonder if she had some lore behind her, but that's a good call. And it is a cool name. I think she also looks like Margot Robbie as a vampire, and that's pretty cool. The art, again, <laughs> immaculate, really good. Um, agree with you. The card is so-so. 
Um, I don't find myself really reaching for this card too often unless, like you said, it's situational. Um, I don't know. I think we said you can bottom deck it when you buy it, which adds to the value. And that, to me, since it's not incredibly strong, um, then it is one of those situations where you're like, building up your dude wall or in this case this would make it a person wall because you know you'd have dudes and dudettes <laughs> um and so it, or like you're trying to you know like she's, if you, if you she's knew not you a had person, a life dream she's a vampire <laughs> in that case wh- how do you get what do you do do you talk about do vampires have genders i don't know yes. they don't they don't reproduce normally so biologically i don't know anyway so like you're trying to match a life drain or you're trying to do something that you know you'll have a good effect getting another red card in your hand in that next hand or at least if you've bottom deck something else or whatever it is you know then that can be okay this is a good play but otherwise i'm not reaching for this too much i would much rather have uh stock from the shadows for four gold if i if i had a choice jig why don't you bring us home my friend ophelia the twice blessed was unfortunately not blessed with a comma in her name title it seems like she really could have used one after Ophelia. Um, my friends, I think True. she is the most underwhelming card in all of the dungeon set to me. Uh, Ooh, wow. He's got a strong dislike. Yeah, well, and I said underwhelming. I didn't say I didn't, I didn't like her. But for mm. four cost, the lack of any ability aside from the three damage and the bottom decking, it's just like, what am I paying? What am I getting out of this? Uh, and if the best part about her, about her is the bottom decking aspect, um, you're not going to get a lot out of her unless you really need to faction Necros with something. And that's why so, you bottom deck her. So, so Matt, I just have to say there's a lot of like champions that, especially like four cost champions in the set that are, way more underwhelming i'm gonna disagree like apprentice trap maker oh wait that costs two never mind trap master rien but some of those there's a lot of underwhelming champions i but for me for the cost and just the complete like i don't really see i get what double dub said is she's a role player she can kind of she can give you that extra damage she can sit out there with her five defense i get it like she's not bad. I'm not saying she's bad, but it's just not for four cost. It's like really, this is all. I, I kept, I keep looking for another ability on the card that I missed the first mm-hmm. time I read it. You know, um, yep. I'm gonna give it a. Uh, I'll give it a D plus. It probably is a little higher than that, but it, I just don't. Mm. I rarely buy it, and I'm rarely motivated to buy it. Um, I think the only time I bought it is when there was literally nothing else on the row. And I had to spend four gold or just let it go to waste. And it was still pretty early game. So I bought her. But yeah, just not a card mm-hmm. I buy a lot. Mm-hmm. D plus. Fair enough. Uh, any responses before we move on? I don't think I gave my grade, but I was going to say C plus C in that neighborhood. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I don't know. All right. So we have a four cost champion, Ritualist Farkir. This is how we're going to. We're gonna pronounce that word today. Ritualist <laughs> Farkir. Don't I don't know. It Far- Far- yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so this is a really interesting card to me. I have uh, some thoughts about it. So, like I said, four cost champion. It is a guard with four defense. It has one ability and one ability alone. You expend it and you sacrifice a card in your hand or discard pile 
then gain one gold for each card you sacrificed this turn. So cool. What a sweet mechanic that it actually cares, uh, you know, about how you sequence your sacrificing, right? That's really interesting to me. The thing is, there's two really interesting ways about how this card is currently templated that bring down its power level significantly. The first is that in an effort to streamline the game in the mobile form, it automatically expends as soon as you play it, and in subsequent turns when it is in play, expends automatically at the beginning of your turn. Therefore, you have less control on when it is sacrificed or when you're actually using that ability, which is kind of a big strike against it because the ability is so crucial on timing your sacrifices out. The second thing is that it's also templated not as being a may. It, you have to sacrifice a card when you play it, uh, whether it's from your hand or your discard pile, something's got to go. And so... Um, those factors together, it's like if this was uh, programmed in the game in a different way, it would be way more powerful. Maybe not way more powerful, but in my opinion, significantly more powerful than it is in its current format. So you can Go select ahead. none, though, Chris. You can select none for your sacrifice, right? Yes. No. No. I don't think so. I was playing with this recently, and I don't think so. so. I had to. I had to discard so, one. So the way the way the text is on the card, you have to sacrifice a card to be able to gain the gold for the cards that you sacrifice that turn, because it's it's a sacrifice a card in your hand or discard pile. Then you may gain one gold. No, I get the part where yeah. that it automatically but, triggers. I get this part. Like you don't choose when you when you uh, expend so, it, but you can not. You can click select none. And not right sacrifice anything. I just want to right. Make sure you that's can, clear. you can, but then you don't get any get the gold bonus. Yeah. for sacrificing. Yes, hmm. I see what you're I saying. Don't, yeah. I don't think that's true. I don't. Yes, I think. I, all right, you can, you can select. You can if it's out. You can select none, and it won't sacrifice anything. I'm well, one other thing too, we can't the first time talk I too it, much I about this. Remember. This is all beta rules, and these are probably going to be changed quite a bit. And I think Joel even mentioned right. that uh, they were looking in, into how to change this, but um, yeah. change it to May. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Sorry, what, yeah. what are the so, grades on it? Let's stick to what are the grades on it so far. Yeah, nobody's given a grade. I just initially introduced the card before uh, digging us, dragging us into the weeds there a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I um if this card uh worked fully as I think it should I w I would give it a B. I think it's a cool card and it can generate some solid gold advantage for you. There it is. Um uh, there oh, it is. I'm next. Yeah. Uh I'm I'm going to also use your uh evaluation Sam's criteria. Next. If you can choose when to tap it and if you can uh Right, rather than it just automatically going at the beginning of the turn, I'll give it a B as well. Oh shit! You skipped Sorry, me, Sam was next you jerk! Damn it, you dirty dog! <laughs> I mean, you, you um, gave him crap for skipping people earlier, and then you go ahead and do it. Way to go! It's man. karma. It's just see, that's what that's karma yeah. right there coming through. It's okay. I forgive you. Go ahead, Sam. <laughs> God, these bunch of people just on a time crunch today. Okay, so here we go, Richelis Farker. Um, yeah, I mean. I agree with Dubs. I'm pretty sure you have to sacrifice something. And then in that case, it makes it a little scary. Usually you're okay. It is hand or discard pile. Um, 
I like this card a lot um, for that ability. I think B minus if it is tr in fact true that you don't have the option, and I would say B if it if you do have the option and I'm wrong. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I'll just finish what I was going. I'm going to give it a B. Um, I will. Did you guys catch the most recent um, Wise Wizard stream? They made no. an announcement. They're they're making a spinoff uh, for Hero Realms next year. It's called Meet the Farkers, and it's going to focus <laughs> no, only. This, that's a stupid joke, Matt. On the Farkers, <laughs> and it's going it looks it. pretty good. So, um, so, so I have a question because uh, I haven't noticed this when I'm playing it. If you sacrifice cards later, does it still give you the gold? For sacrificing no. the card that turn, no, I don't think it does. That it happens right what? when you tap it. So, yeah. so like I understand, like like when you buy it, you have to use a sacrifice, or when you play it, you have to use a sacrifice right then. And when it's out, it wants to tap right away and do that stuff. But all the other cards in the game, if you get something, you know, the the only situations where it's there's a couple of exceptions, I think, with like the prayer beads if you don't have the champions out when you play it that it doesn't yep. give you both even if you get them later because you drew the card or whatever but everything else retroactively does that stuff so that strikes me as weird that it doesn't do that um no but um, i think the ones that expend the ones that you actually have to expend to do isn't there another one that works this way where it only happens at the time the point that you play it it's not with getting gold but it's something else uh not it's sure. not coming to me, no. now, but I kind of understand it in that it's when you expend it, that's when it does the check. But, but everything but I guess, else I guess, is retroactive. I guess my, yeah. my, my, my point is that everything else is retroactive. Like, but I those aren't expendabilities. Those aren't expendabilities. I don't think there's though. anything that does that, Matt. The only thing I know of that isn't retroactive is like the prayer beads. Right. And, but that's not an expend either. That's just play it. Yeah. This is actually right. an expendability on a. Yeah, yeah, but where's the other ones that do that? I think also, the difference the, the difference is that when you generally when you expend something, you hit the button and you time it, right? And in this case, what I'm hearing you don't get you, time it. you don't get to time the, it. And so well, you're like the champions that do damage are the ones that auto expend, right? Those and if they only do damage. Yeah. If they only do damage. Yeah. Yep. Um or only no, gold. There's, there's a few. Yeah. I don't think there's anything else that's that that does something when you expend it that like yeah, stunning thinking, a champion, but there has to be a champion out for you to use. There it. has to be a champion out, and yeah, mm -hmm. and then right. Um, and so you can't use that retroactively, and that makes sense. Yeah, but and, but like other than like something like that, like something that gives you gold or healing, those all are retroactive, except for prayer beads. Right, and Varric lets you choose something from your what, discard what, and resurrect it. Right. And and, and then like your and then like your your like wild charge or full moon's call as you get more cards it adds that stuff like so those aren't expendabilities though those are just actions. I'm just Those thinking, are other cards in the game. Yeah, but I was <laughs> the expendability uh, it's just a unique card too. I don't think there's any other card like it really, which is another uh, another thing that makes it. I, I'm just saying they they should be consistent with the way that the cards work. If if stuff's retroactive for like all this stuff to make it easier for people to learn the game and do that stuff, 
this needs to be too. In yeah. my I, and I bet you they will. Is my guess, and That's so and and they'll let us choose when we can expend it too. It seems like those are bugs, is what I'm saying. Yeah. If yeah. Totally one thing like is bug. clear, if one thing's clear from this conversation, this card is going to change before. It, uh, <laughs> Probably, right. yeah. Um, <laughs> it has potential to be quite good, though. I think. And, I think and, I agree. I. Yeah, I'd probably give this a C plus. After all that debating about how, how stuff should work, with, yeah, it's like a C plus. I I find in the right situations it can be good, especially uh, when you have a number of other champions out. It can it can stay out and sacrifice you down. So, I have one final comment about this card, which is this guy. The face of this guy, the art, of course, is awesome, but the guy's face is kind of off-putting. Is it just me? He looks like a Jeff Be- Bezos with no neck and a weird booger on his lip, which is just the, the lip tattoo, but it looks like a booger from far away. The and thing, I just am like, yeah, I don't, he, the face is weird. The face is kind of weird. He's just in like a super zealous trance, man. That's what's going on. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't like it. Because he's all the, back, he's the backstory ritual. Too. It looks like they drew a face on a hot dog. <laughs> he looks way more normal if you zoom in a lot. They put way too much like fine detail on this one. Yeah. That, like when you see it from a normal distance, it, it does look weird, like you're saying. But yep. if you zoom in, it looks a lot more normal and cool. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Right. I, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, Sam, either. you'll be Let's able to get... learn all about these Farkers in the expansion I <laughs> mentioned earlier coming out next year. So to keep an eye out for that. Meet the. Farkers. So I was curious too. Sorry, I'm totally going. Way long on this one card, and I'm sorry, but I was curious what a Farker was, like if it meant something. That's his and name. it turns out there is a Fakir, Fakir, nope. Fakir, he, a Muslim is, mendicant, yes. a dervish, or an iterant Hindu ascetic or wonder worker. Yeah. Which is kind of cool, and I think maybe an inspiration for the name. I'm not sure. So so that's F-A-K-I-R. Yep. Yep. Yes. Without the R. Yep. Which, is wh- which is what I thought this was at first but that's that's this guy's name he's like one copy of the card into the deck his name is fark here and he's a ritualist ah, i see a good point the scavenger there's two scavengers right right or, or are there three of them uh, two or three yeah yeah there's oh, multiple really? there's guy. multiple stalking vampires he's unique like mm-hmm. ophelia is unique uh-huh. And and so it's not like his title. He's like basically his title is ritualist, and his name would be Farkir. Farkir, I like it. That's fantastic. Okay, with that established, yeah, right. let's go on to the next <laughs> Amarant the Unfading. Wait, guys, I want to spend at least five more minutes. Let's rewind at least five more minutes. Can we talk? Minutes. Is there Can another tell- small detail? Please, please, please spend more time talking about a spinoff that doesn't exist, Matt. <laughs> right. We need we need a little more time to talk about some more small details here. No. Um. I Okay. Amarant, the unfading, five gold champion. He's got five health. He is not a guard. Uh, when you tap him, you can sacrifice a card in your hand or discard pile. And when you pair him with another... Uh, another <laughs> Necros card. You can draw a card. I have been buying Amaranth a lot. I really like him, actually. He doesn't do any damage. That's probably the only negative to him. He doesn't give you damage or give you any um any gold. I If he would, he probably would be too strong <laughs> for five. Although that's not like stopping Wise Wizard from making some really strong five-cost co- cards. Uh, so too strong maybe is... is, uh, is 
not the right way to put it. But as it is, just being able to sacrifice in your hand or discard and then draw a card if you pair this, he's pretty freaking good. I like him. So I would say um, I'd give Amarant uh, a B plus. Um, Matthew Jigmalinka Riggs, what do you think, sir? Riggs, Riggs, oh, <laughs> rugs, uh, Riggs, rugs, rooks. rooks. <laughs> Neither of those are his last rooks. name. Rooks. First of all, I want to say, are we sure Amaranth the Invading is is a he? It, that armor looks no. It looks like a female. Are armor there some demon boobies? Yeah. Yeah, I and, think you're right. And it's got long hair. Now, granted, it's a skeleton, so all of its working say. parts are probably decayed long ago. And it Amarant, Amarant was in the background being like, did you assume my gender? <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, yeah. And it looks like it has long nails, too. Not that that's an indicator one way or the other. but uh, I mean, Amarant, he's dead. His fingernails keep growing. That's that actually false. That's actually false. Your nails don't continue to grow. Your skin just recedes, so it looks like they're growing. But anyway, well, it's neither, uh, there neither you either. go. He doesn't have long fingernails. He just his Gross. skin's all receded. Yeah, I know a mortician. Anyway, um, Amaranth. The I watched Six Feet Under. <laughs> Amaranth also unfortunately uh, missed the commas when they handed out the uh, the names here. Oh, um, but we'll, but we'll let it go. Um, I think this is a pretty good card for five. It's not great. Um, I do like the fact that it draws, but it's mm-hmm. basically only going to, it's basically like a supporting card. It's only going to be mm-hmm. thinning out your deck, helping you cycle a little bit. If you're desperate for uh, sacrifice, it's good. If not, uh, it's not, it's really not that great of a card uh, for the cost. Um I'm going to, I hate to be harsh with it, but I'm going to give it, I think, just a straight C, guys. I, I'm a little mm. underwhelmed with the Amaranth, too. It's got its place. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's not a bad card by any means. But for five costs, I, I'm kind of looking elsewhere. So, uh, I don't know. Like, I want to hate this card and I want to love this card at different times. So, I think. The reason why is because that faction to draw a card. When I'm factioning it, I love Amaranth. When I'm not factioning it, I think Amaranth is trash. Mm. And so uh, I think it's super situational whether I'm going to want to buy this or not. I do like it's five defense, sacrificing from hand or discard. Those are nice abilities, but like with no other ability, eh. You know, sort of like how, uh, excuse me, sort of like how Varric can be pretty awesome when it's in the right situation, but Varric can be total trash if you have no champions to do fun Varric stuff with, right? So, like, this is a similar thing, except for sacrifice is always kind of good, but if I'm not getting that all that full stuff out of it, and the ceiling is way lower than Varric is, I'm not trying to compare that but just like that idea that um that idea that like a situational card basically so i think this is situational a supporting card i would give this a c plus let me just respond really quick to the varic because as soon as varic's brought into the picture i have to defend uh varic is situation you're right but the great thing about him is even if you don't have any champions at all when you buy him, 
you can buy one that turn and then top deck them. Yes. So like you can still. I, I, find I, I wasn't debating any of that stuff. Yeah. Amaranth's a little uh, well, compared yeah, to Varric. He's definitely worse than Varric in my book. But I was only comparing that they were situational, not that the cards were comparable levels. Amaranth uh, doesn't have abs. Just saying. You never know that, that we know play. of. Yeah. That we know of, right? <laughs> okay. Um, so, Chris, you're up. Yeah, yeah this card uh, is totally my jams. It's like a do-nothing, dirtily card that gives you no damage and sacrifices and draws cards. It's totally what I want to be doing. You know, like, uh, it's pretty funny because it doesn't do any damage, as we've called out, but it is the kind of card that uh, can get you card advantage to win you the game. And uh, I think that, as Tim said, when it's factioning, then it's awesome. And especially when we see all of those top decking abilities that were so uh, prevalent in the early cost actions of getting, you know, champions to the top. And then um, Amaranth being able to draw them, that's like a way that you can facilitate some damage with that synergy working together there. So... Uh, I also think that the artwork is just so awesome that it makes me want to grade it higher. <laughs> and I just, I, I can't like resist buying this card. I find myself buying it a lot, just like Sam said. So while uh, I will agree that it's like a contextual role player, I still got to give this baddie a B. Mm, Boom. Pretty high stuff. Yeah, I like Amaranth a lot. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about changing Amaranth. my profile picture to it but now it like maybe it's a girl but, so i'm not sure my, my, my one my one thought as far as what you said about the card chris because i want to agree with you i just it only sacrifices as its primary ability like for five costs that seems like not that great the faction right. ability brings it up it can play its part it can be really good but like i don't know like I look at grave robbery or something that gives me gold and sacrifices a card. And that only costs three, you know, one other thing too, like usually a five cost champion or a five uh, defense champion, your, your opponent's going to be weary about leaving them out there. If I'm Mm -hmm. aggroing against my opponent and they have Amaranth out, I might just leave, leave Amaranth out there. I might not even care. I might just go straight for the kill and let them keep sacrificing some cards here and there. If I, if I'm, if, I, if I've got a good aggro. If they're not factioning. Yeah. Yeah. So like the fact that you can get away game. with possibly just let it, letting them sit out there, uh, is another strike in my book anyway. Yeah. Still a good card, but not great. Let's keep them rolling guys. Up next is the five cost action. This is called Dragged Below, and I think this is the best uh, artwork, definitely, mm-hmm. in Necros for, for the dungeons. It, it also, might be the best in the you're game. Here. Might you're be, here. <laughs> it, it might be the best. You said the best in the game, Tim? Best artwork? Yeah, it might be. Might be. I mean, it's pretty damn awesome. Yeah. The and background, like, really, when you look at it, it's like, oh, man. Yeah. A so bunch good. of shadow cloud creatures dragging this guy to to his demise it looks like um by the way guys this does nine damage and it goes to the bottom of your deck when you acquire it it is super cut and dry uh it's nine damage for five gold and it goes to the bottom of your deck i'm giving it an a i love it i will almost always buy it um it's not tricksy it's not very flashy but 
for nine gold for five cost, and you know you're going to at least top deck it or possibly draw it quicker if you have ways to do so, is super good. I'm giving it a straight A. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm giving this an A. I don't know when I'm not going to buy it. I mean, it, the only time I'm not buying this card is if I have like seven gold and I'm getting something that does a whole lot more. But nine damage, like it's hard to do more than that. So mm -hmm. I'm almost always buying this card. Even late game, right? Especially even late, late game. game. Yep. Yeah, maybe yeah. even especially yeah. late game. Yeah. I mean, with the it's fact that it acquires game. to the bottom of your deck, like if I'm getting towards the bottom of my deck and I know I'm going to get this card, I may, like as a fighter, I might skip my like shoulder crush or something for this. Because mm. if I know I'm going to get nine, I'm willing to give up four, you know, depending on the situation. Like, mm, yeah, really good. Uh, oh, boy. Chris, what do you think? So... Where do we draw the line between A and A minus here is what I'm debating for myself. We've gotten all the way to the final uh, color in the set review. And I've realized that, you know, an A to me has to be able to help you win a game that you were losing. Right. Can an A has to be able to turn the tides of battle for you. And, uh, that is, I, I will agree that this card has the potential to do that for you. It can knock down or really go a long ways in knocking down a champion wall. And the fact that it acquires to the bottom of your deck uh, allows it to have that impact more quickly to also help you turn around a bad game state. So for those reasons, the, the excellent rate and its ability to really swing the game in your favor, given drag below an A. And to round out the grades, I'm going to continue on the A train. Um, wow, nine damage, bottom deck it. Give it to me all day long, my friends. I want that card. <laughs> uh, not much else to say. You guys have already said it very eloquently. Who is this on the artwork? D is this a character that we know? Is that the six? Is that the six cost guy? The uh, and it's not no. Calibok. No, it is not Calibok. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to keep my eye out. One guy that was in a lot of other cards was uh, the seven cost Imperial, but I don't think it's him because he has no, a different it's armor. It's not Roland. Yeah. No. no, no. He looks guilty to me. If he's anyone, he's on the guild faction because he's got the leather and all that. But I don't yeah, think I so. Don't, I don't think so. It's awesome, though. So our our next card coming up here is another five-cost action. It is Infernal Reward. It gives you four gold, and you may sacrifice a card in your hand or discard pile. And you can self-sacrifice this card for four damage. Um, I'm, a, I'm a fan of this card. We talked about, like, we were talking about Amaranth for five cards that are just sacrificed. Five costs of just sacrifices. Well, this is a five coster that gives you four gold in sacrifices. And then you can sacrifice that card when you don't need the sacrificer economy anymore. Um, I think this is a, a B plus. I like it. I, the fact that it costs five, I don't know. It's good. I wouldn't say it's amazing. I think it's a pretty good solid card. So B plus. 
Yeah, I'll go B plus as well there for a lot of the reasons that <laughs> Tim stated. It really is a great enabler to chain you into some of those high cost ones that will really win the game for you. So this card to me is like a stepping stone into putting together uh, an awesome, an awesome deck. I do find it interesting. I think we observe that normally there's like one action and one champion for each cost. This is the second uh, five cost action, which is kind of interesting to me. And it makes me wonder like where else we might see that sort of like asymmetry existing. So I've looked at that stuff in dungeons in the cards. There's also two four cost champions and one four cost action in Necros. Necros faction is kind of weird in this set that it it's not following the sort of configuration rules. More cards I also think than the other colors? We're, we're going to no, have some it, Legends cards that haven't been added in yet, too, I think, guys. I think this isn't the complete oh. the complete set, mm. yet, is my guess. Interesting. Those, those are released as a separate Kickstarter pack. They're not oh. in the base game, base core sets. Mm. I was talking to Rob about the Legends cards, and oh. as I might inquire about that, just to say, uh-huh. hey, you know, how long do you think it will be? And he's like, well... If you get an email soon, reply immediately. Maybe you'll get it really fast. If you don't get an email really soon, then it's probably going to be a while. And so, yeah, I think you got something there, Tim. I think you, yeah. you're onto something. Yeah, one of those two. Okay. Um, did everybody grade? Nope, not yet. Oh. I'm, I'm going to throw a B plus out there. I don't think I did a grade, but let, let's keep it rolling after that. Right. So... I like this card a lot, B+. I will do a, a a comment if you're playing with your children. You may want to edit, maybe put a thong on this guy or something. There's a lot of top peen, a lot of demon demon uh, fupa. Um, <laughs> and he does have abs. He does have some abs, some serious abs. Um, my natural like comparison to Infernal Reward is that it... Uh, is a lot like Nature's Bounty, but you're instead giving a guaranteed sacrifice instead of a conditional discard. Um, so you're getting card advantage every time, no matter what. I think that's awesome and justifies the extra cost. I like Nature's Bounty a lot. I think it's a great card. So yeah, I'm on the B-plus train for sure. I did One other small little thing, they need to capitalize that reward. It's the only card that doesn't that has the lowercase right. second word. What the hell is that about? That, that's, that's probably, that's probably yeah. why. I'm sure that it's on their list. They just also Matt's one. missing commas are probably from that. Yep. Yeah. Could be. Gonna... It's funny that that was inconsistent though, because they were really commenting shit of everything. So I love that you're on that comma. <laughs> the comma. I sent Joel uh, at least two messages a day about those commas, asking about it. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's not um, lying. And that's absolutely <laughs> true. Right. Well, and if I'm not wrong, it's going to be Matt Jigmalinka rocks. Up next, commentary. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think this is a good. It's an A card early game. Like if you can get this early, it's holy cow, it's awesome. Yeah. If you don't get it early, it often sits there on on the roll. If it's mid to late game, no one no one really wants it or needs it anymore. Um, so that tempers my grade for it a little bit. Um, I'll probably just give it a. B minus seems a little harsh. Tim, do you give it a B? Do you give it a straight B? I think I gave it a B plus. 
Okay. I'll, I'm going to give it a straight B then. Um, it, it yeah, can, it, early, it's an that. A. Yeah. It, it, the longer the game goes, the worse it gets. Matt's not into the FUPA. That's cool. The, All right. The, 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 fact that, the fact that you can sacrifice it for four damage makes yeah, it yeah. A, a, yeah. a decent buy even a little later if you have extra gold, right? If there's something I'd almost buy, rather not like, want to clog up my deck though for that four yeah. damage if that's the main thing. Um, I will it's say that like, is, is there some, is there is there like a good eight on the row or you know there's some calculus there I think maybe yeah yeah anyway all right on to the six cost action last embrace here we see Ophelia the twice blessed giving uh, this gentleman. Uh, his final embrace. It is a uh, going to do nine damage for us. It will faction to sacrifice a card in your hand or discard pile, and it will self-sacrifice to put a champion from your discard pile into your hand, which I think is worth emphasizing Ooh, that it is hand. Yep, mm. exactly. Hand and not top of your deck like we see so many other places. So that um, cranks up the ceiling of power level on this. Again, anytime you're having the ability to move something, a champion from your discard pile to a different spot, that means it can be a champion that you just bought. So always keep that in mind when you're trying to get uh, as much power out of this card as you can. Um, I kind of uh, like when I bought and played this card, like took for granted the factioning ability. Like I looked at it as like, Oh, I just bought a sacrifice card, but like, no, you didn't actually. <laughs> so you got to kind of temper your expectations a little bit on that. This is not a sacrifice card unless, you know, you, I mean, how many Necros cards do you need to have before you feel like that is reliably true? Does it uh, need to be a sacrifice a, card to be good? No, no, no. But when we see, uh, you know, like drag below, I mean, so when you compare this to drag below for one more cost, um, it gets a lot more that it can do for you potentially without the bottom deck ability. Uh, all that said, I'm having a hard time giving this one a rating guys. Uh, mm. I'm, I'm feeling pretty high on it. Is this going to help me win a game that I am losing? And I think so. So I'm, I'm willing to give the, uh, the stamp of a approval on last embrace. And ship it on over to Sam. What do you think, my man? Thank you, sir. And what distinct and recognizable shoulder pads does Ophelia have? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I like this card quite a bit. I might. I was thinking before you graded A minus, um, but it. I mean, very well could be an A card. Nine damage, man. That's the top, isn't it, for a single card? There's yeah, multiple that are like that, but that's the most damage, you can get. Yeah, yeah nothing does yeah. a base 10 damage, so. Man, I'm tempted to go A. I think I'm going to go up to A because that because of the champion to hand. It's awesome. Now, I don't I'm like like you said, Chris, it's like situational if you get that sacrifice. But with uh, the ability to trash it and throw a champion into hand plus you dam nine damage, that can really put you over the top and finish a game very very easily so yeah i think i could i think i could go to the a um for this one what do you think matt jigblinka reiki <laughs> um it'd be it's hard to give a uh, drag below an a and not also give this an a because it's better and 
many ways for only one more cost. The mm-hmm. artwork is awesome. We have um, Vampire Barbie, Ophelia, the twice blessed, um, going going to town on this poor poor guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not much to add that you haven't already said. The finishing move, put a champion, sacrifice to put a champion into your hand is just ridiculous. And obviously you want to do this to close out a game when you know you've got the game and you're not going to see her in the next shuffle anyway, so you may as well burn it. Uh, holy cow, it's awesome. Even if you don't have a single champion in your deck, uh, you can buy one that turn and use it. Uh, if you're using mm-hmm. the wizard or your ranger, you can scry and set this up for a, a following turn when you can have access to a good champion or uh, have enough money to buy one and then use it. Uh, so lots of fun ways to use Lass and Embrace. Lots of uh, hijinks that you can do. Lots of combos that you can set off with it. Uh, for me, this is like what the game's all about. I love cards like this. This is what makes the game fun. Straight A for me. So uh, <clears throat> you, how can we not compare this to Drag Below, right? So, so nine damage for both of them. This costs one more. Um, like Chris said, I'm not counting on the sacrifice. It's a nice bonus if I can get this early and and get that sacrifice out of it. And like Matt said, that that finisher to put a champion from your disc card to your hand is amazing. Um, the one downside to drag below is this does not go to the bottom of your deck. So like late game, I might buy drag below over this, depending on the situation. Uh, I think this is definitely an A, um, especially when you look at the background, there's like this little statue behind her shoulder pads that like, just looks like a creepy little girl statue or something. And I love that. (laughs) Interesting point to focus on there. Like Matt, Matt, Matt's talking about like Barbie vampire and this and that sort of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, there's a creepy girl statue in the background, man. Um, (laughs) And so yeah, that's an A. Um, awesome. All right. So uh, next up we have Kalibok the Defiant. Kalibok the Defiant also is in the WWF with a pretty sweet belt. It's the um, same dude. Has some cool horns. Is it the same guy or is it his yes. brother? Demonic Rage. Demonic yep. Rage. Yep. Same guy. Yes. All right. Yes, Queen. We got a little. <laughs> is it though? It is. Yeah, I'm gonna it look. Is. Maybe again. by a, a different, different artist, artist, but yeah, same uh, guy. It's it's very close, if not the same guy. It's the same um, guy, Sam. <laughs> All right, we insist. We Tim, insist. Everyone says it's the same guy. I'm skeptical. <laughs> it may be like a close. You know, it could be a cousin. It's probably the same guy. I'm just saying. You know, you didn't do the art. You don't know. You don't know. All right. Anyway, so six champion, uh, six cost champion. Uh, six health guard. That's probably the biggest redeeming quality about Cali Buck, the Defiant. He does three damage, and if you faction him, he can do two damage to each of the opposing champions. Uh, for six costs, like I said before, really the only thing that I like a lot about him is that he's got six health. Uh, the deal two damage to each opposing champion is situational, of course, and two ways. One, you have to faction it. Second, they have to have champions for it to be worth anything. Third, d- two damage isn't a ton when it comes down to it. Doing it to every one of the champions is nice, for sure. Um, I haven't found myself buying this card super often, to be honest. 
I don't find it to be too attractive. I give this card a C. What do you think, Matt Jigmalinka Brooks? <laughs> Jigmalinka Brooks, I like it. Uh, <laughs> Kalabach, no comma, the defiant. Uh, it's actually pretty good, I think. Um, by the way, Sam, everything you just said is tr- is right. You, you you nailed all the weak points about it. He's not great. But there's something about the six cost, six defense guard that's actually pretty good. If I'm playing an opponent, if, if the eight, only good thing you can say is they have a high defense value, that does not make it a good card. I thought we, yeah, I, yeah, I thought I you that, would but that's that, not right? the only He's thing like about board. That's definitely I know. I, I I just thrown it out there. That's all. Yeah. No. Sorry to interrupt. And in Keep some going. situations, that is what's he what he is going to be though. Uh, right. Yeah. And for six cost in that six guard, it's not bad. Now, I will only buy this if my opponent has champions, and if they do, this guy's going to do some. Hmm some serious work for you. He's going to put some hurt on some guys, especially if you can use some of the top decking um, hijinks to get him out early into an unsuspecting opponent who has champions out. It can do tons of damage. Aside from that, if you bought this guy early, you're basically either making a mistake or trying to dissuade your opponent from going champion heavy by buying him, which there might be some value in that as well. Um, not a great card, not bad. I'll give him a C plus, but it's a it's a high C plus, uh, and he has a pretty high ceiling. But I'll, I'll stick with the C plus overall. So I'm gonna kind of agree with you guys. I think this is a C plus. I when I've played and I bought this card, I've been really disappointed in what it does most of the time. Um, yeah, six defense is really nice, but. Uh, there's a lot of damage in the game, so it doesn't seem to stick around as much as I'd want it to. It only does three damage, and you and and you have to faction for that extra two damage to opposing champions. So, like, if there's not any other Necros cards, it, who cares about the faction ability, right? So, eh, yeah, C plus. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't have too much to add to this one. It reminds me a lot of Ophelia, where like if I'm on a like red heavy or champion heavy strategy, then I think this one can be a, an appealing role player. That said, when that's the case, is it going to also be true that your opponent has a lot of champions? Probably not, or maybe though, like you never know. Um, so I have gotten to use his ability against an mm-hmm. opposing champion wall and that feels pretty great you right. know if if all of a sudden Kalabak is getting you the three damage and then just dealt eight you got 11 damage out of him you know by dealing the um two damage to four different champions and you know you end up wiping their board with just a couple other cards from your hand so um it is probably premium in the cleric mirror and super situational mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> I, th- I think I'd probably prioritize it in the cleric mirror. That seems reasonable. Um, anyways, I was, uh, stealing, stealing some words there. <laughs> Anyhow. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I gave a grade on this, but I'm willing to go C plus is, uh, is about where I think it is, but that's kind of like taking the range of outcomes into, uh, into account there. All right. Uh, the next card is a seven cost champion Gorgar. Comma, demon. There's your comma. The depth. There it is. And Gorgar probably deserves it. This is the same demon that we saw from 
infernal, infernal reward, reward. It looks like, yeah, cool yes. looking demon. Um, this champion is a six defense non guard that does four damage and provides you with two gold, two economy, and that's not all. Sacrifice a card in your hand or discard pile with it. Uh, pretty solid card. I mean, it does a lot of different things. It should for seven cost, to be honest. Um, I think for the cost, it, it it's pretty good. I mean, it's not like great cost performance by any means. <coughs> um, a, a champion that sacrifices and has six defense is pretty cool because uh, it's your your opponent is definitely going to have to do something about this. Um, but that said, it's not great. I don't think it's an A territory. It's probably a solid B for me. I think um, it's good, but it's not great. Uh, not great cost performance. Uh, great artwork. It's a fun card. Yeah, straight up B for me. What do you think, Tim? Yeah. Um, what What I love about this card is that you get you get the gold, you get the damage, you get the sacrifice. You don't have to ally. You don't have to sacrifice the card or any of that stuff. You just get all of it, which is really mm-hmm. that's the part I love about it. It's got good defense. It can hide behind guards. That's all stuff in its favor. If you have seven economy early, this is uh, uh, this would be a hard card to pass up. Later in the game, I'm going to like it a lot less, um, depending on the situation, obviously. But, uh, uh, yeah, I think a B is what I would give this card. Uh, I think I, I think feel like it's better than it is and so that's why i'm rating it a b because i feel like it's better than that it looks awesome like it looks yeah it like looks it so awesome be. yeah it's got this badass demon like with a broken pillar and like lava in the background and stuff like i don't know it's super cool art it's tails swinging around but like yeah it's just it's just all right Definitely early if you have the gold and there's not a, a better like expensive card to get or something like I, I think it's a solid buy but uh, I don't know that this card will turn the game around and win you a game either so so I think a B is a good grade for it. Yeah, I'll come in with some uh, quick hitting points here. Um, while this card can't get you to come from behind and win a game that you're losing, I think if purchased early it can set you on a winning trajectory and mm-hmm. has a uh, very mm-hmm. a lot of potential power so i i do think this card's awesome i think it's funny that like the artwork of cards i'm like super guilty of this as well like makes us want to grade them higher i know um i am willing to go b plus on this one uh just because i think in the context of the set it's pretty strong um with the ability to recur so many champions on the necros cards and the imperial ability to prepare this guy is a badass to prepare mm-hmm. um yeah. it's so sweet if you can prepare this one and i've done it and it's like oh yeah i did the thing um so for those reasons i'm gonna rate it a little higher and at the risk of dragging us into the weeds again, I will say that based off of current templating, if you want the two gold and the four combat, it does force you to sacrifice a card in your hand or discard pile. And I hope that that is eventually turned to a may. So that you can choose you can none. That That's a, you, you just, can choose, you just none. choose none. I swear to God, you guys, I'm going to screenshot and either feel stupid or vindicated. It's happening. Okay. <laughs> yep. Same yeah. with same with the other guy. Same with Farquhar. Yep. I'm 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 no. I'm I'm almost a hundred percent positive on this one that like 
you can tap the card, get the two gold and the four damage, and you can sacrifice. If you don't have a card left in your hand or a card in your discard pile, you can still use this. Yeah. So, like, uh, but I'm pretty sure. You save a, a, and well. so, I, and so, I'm pretty sure how it's implemented in the game that it will let you select none, like Matt saying. Hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm willing like, to let it go. <laughs> Can we talk about I, it? I, I could be wrong, months, but let's I'm just not likely. Right now. Let's 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 decide once and for all. No, I, it's all going to be a moot point because they're going to iron all these kinks out as the beta progresses, anyways. But it's it's okay right. to mention it. Um, Sam, what do you think about Gorgar? Gorgar, demon of the dead. Wait, Chris, did you give a grade? Sorry. Oh, if I didn't, I want to go B plus on it. I, it's not well, quite in that. Plus. Yeah, okay, it's I not quite in that A it, territory. Uh-huh. But I think it's really plus. good. All right, Sam. Sorry. Nice. Now, now release the salmon. All right, <laughs> we are my friends. The spawn is coming. Um. So, uh, let's hop in the stream with a, a comparison. Seven cost, uh, Necros champion Krithos, the master vampire. Which one would I rather have? Actually, it's kind of a toss-up for me. Krithos is three damage. If you sacrifice a card, you get an additional three damage. So there could be a situation where, like, you don't want to sacrifice anything, so you buy a fire gem for two. Um, preparing is also seven, is seven health, I think. Six. Yeah. They're both six, and they're both seven costs. So that's the same on that uh, front. I thought it was same cost, health. same okay. health. Guess. No, I pulled them up. It's... it's uh, yeah, six and seven. I'd rather have so, Krithos. Yeah. No, no, I said it's a toss-up. I think you'd ra- you're saying you'd rather go Krithos? Yeah. For that damage. Tim, how about you? Krithos or Gorgar? <sighs> vacuum, just in a vacuum. It's hard. Early game, Gorgar. Late game, Krithos. Oh, good call. Yeah, that's probably smart. What about you, Chris? Chris, what do you think? I think it's a good answer. And overall, I think this is just a great example of how I said, like, they usually design cards such that, like, it's contextual enough that one's not a straight upgrade over the other. And that's what really surprised me about Afterlife compared to Grave Robbery. Yeah. There you go. Taking it back there. <laughs> Booyah. The, the interesting part of it is that I think there's a lot of these cards that are similar, but just different enough that it just keeps yep. the game interesting yeah. when you're comparing... Okay, I'm going to play dungeons, or I'm going to play uh, base, whatever base. you would call base, right? Base set, yeah. So yeah, since you know, one's it's not like a replacement, but it's just a different feel. Um, so yeah, I'm on the B train. Um, I'd say B plus, B B plus. I'm between those two. I'm not. A, I give it a weak B plus or a straight B. One of those two. I like Gorgar. Um, I'm just not sure if it's going to be like the best okay. card. You know what I mean? So with that said, our last card, the next one is an yes. eight cost action. It is awaken, no comma the dead. <laughs> um, if you're listening, Joel, it's fine. You don't have to add a comma. It's good as it is. <laughs> He's not listening anyway. He told me he doesn't listen. I know. I have a soundbite to put in there. Uh, I'm Joel, and Sparks and Recreation is my favorite Hero Realms podcast that I've never listened to. (laughs) You may sacrifice up to two cards in your hand or discard pile. For each card you sacrifice this way, you may put a champion from your discard pile on top of your deck. 
factions to draw a card, and you can self-sacrifice to draw a card. So, um, and in the artwork, we have ritualist Farkir raising like this army of zombies, which is super mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> I love the art on this. Feels a little so, cartoonish in a way, but like I kind of yeah. want it to because it looking at like all these zombies, mm-hmm. but in the yeah. it, all these zombies, I don't want it like super realistic either. That'd be kind of gross. So like, I'm glad it's a little more comic booky. Anyway, um, this card can be pretty amazing, in, you know, in the right situation. Um, if you have champions, you buy it. They're in your discard. You sacrifice a couple cards. You put them on top of your deck. You have another, you know, Necros card. You're drawing one of them, and then you can sacrifice it to draw the other one if you want. Um, so I like this card, but this card, like, the fact that I can sacrifice two cards makes me want to compare it to Tyranor, and this is not Tyranor. So, like, it's not that good, in my opinion. So, like... <sighs> I don't know. The the grade for this one is like, this is probably the hardest one for me to grade because I really want to like it and give it a good grade, but I think this is a B. That's what I think I give it. Yeah. <clears throat> I totally uh, am with you on that Tyranor comparison. The first time I had a chance to buy it, I was like, oh, sweet. I'm going to, you know, do the Tyranor thing. And uh, it's really a lot more contextual than that. It is incredibly powerful to sacrifice up to two cards. Um, You can really scrap your deck down so quickly with that. And then if you can get some of these champion shenanigans going and the draw card off of it, like it can, it, it has the potential to, you know, surge you forward to victory or take you from the brink of defeat and win you a game because you scrap down so fast. But at the same time, it can like kind of miss at eight cost two a bit and and like not be that powerful. And so, as Tim said, it is really hard to grade. Um, I I just feel like on on power level and potential alone, uh, I want to go B plus on this one. But I'm I having a hard time not going so, A minus either, though. I'm just so, like, so, oh, wow. So you're close to A minus on it. So, I think what, so. What what one thing I think like that I like Tyranor so much is like Tyranor is a champion. It can stay out multiple turns. You can sacrifice mm-hmm. two cards one turn, then the next turn, then maybe the next turn and your deck's already scrapped. This one gets shuffled in. It's going to be slower than Tyranor. That's true. Yeah. That's but, a really good point. But the fact that I can put champions, I mean, the ceiling can be higher. Unless you're animating champions from your discard pile, then it's actually yeah. really quick. Yeah. yeah. And, and, in the right situation, the ceiling for this is really high, but like how often are you going to get all the stuff on that card? And that's what it happens. So cool. It's great design one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will go, I'll firm up on that B plus though, in light of uh, Tim's, uh, some of his comments there for sure. Sam, what do you right. think? About it? Yeah. I, yeah. I want to give this card an A for sure, but. It is, it, you know, again, comparing to Tyranor, you get four damage and it's a guard. And so you're so, you're soaking some damage there. 
it's pretty strong and you get a and you get a draw if you if you pair it and this one it's rough because it's like it's not one of those eight gold cards you're going to buy off the row once you just eke out eight gold and then okay you're set up and you're going to have a really strong advantage um it's kind of one you you almost have to have the right deck for it to buy it or be comfortable like or there's a lot of maybe there's a lot of champions on the row with it. You know what I mean? So because it is so situational for it to for you to really get the power. Um, that said, sacrificing up to two cards in one go is worth a lot by itself. And so I think even just standing on that, um, it's it's a B it's a B or a B plus just to be able to sacrifice two cards. Which one, one, Sam? Uh, <laughs> I think since I'm waffling, I'm going to give it a B. For the co- for the cost of it, okay. I think I'm going to go B. All right, Matthew Jenga Malenka Schmucks. What do you think? <laughs> I'm going to have to diverge from you guys here a little bit. Now I'm going to preface this by saying this has won me some games before. I've straight out uh-huh. won games because of this yep. card. Mm-hmm. It's it's awesome when it hits when everything lines up for it. It's just incredible and it's a fun card in terms of fun factor. Mm-hmm. I'm giving it an A. Uh, but in terms of like grading it, how we've been grading all the other cards, I'm actually going to give it a C, guys. I'm giving it way lower mm. than you guys. And the reason is because if you get it at the wrong stage of the game, mm-hmm. or if you don't have champions, or even if you do have champions, but you're not able to line everything else up correctly, it, it just has such a potential to miss, even if you have all the pieces for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it's not that great. Now you and you can say, well, you're sacrificing two cards and you'll get it next time. And it's true. Like you're going to, when you're sacrificing that quickly, things speed up. But oftentimes if you're in a game where you have eight enough money to buy this, there's pro- you're probably going to be able to find another avenue to end the game quicker right. than, than to play this, mm-hmm. to play this card. Um, so as much as I love it, I love the hijinks and I'd love to use it when possible. It a lot of stars need to align for this to work. And um, usually yeah. it just doesn't happen. It sits on the row for me a lot of games that I see it. And most, mm-hmm. and not just me, other other players don't buy it either a lot. Not that that means it's good or bad, but I'm just saying it's a little too situational. I'm giving it a C for the eight cost. Mm. Um, okay, I think that's every... Is that everybody? Yeah, that is, yeah it is. That okay, is, That all is right. all the cards. All right, so let's just give a quick um, overview, impressions of Necros in general. What do you think about Necros um, in terms of the dungeon um, perspective? Sam, what do you think? Man, um, I think Necros is pretty damn good. A lot of new champion top decking, um, sacrificing, and fun bottom decking. There are some duds for sure. I'm saying uh, giving it a B plus. Okay, so you're going to grade the champion and give it a B plus, okay. <laughs> or grade the whole the whole uh, faction. All right. Yes. Um, that's I wasn't thinking about grading it, but just like what, but you gave some reasons saw, why you thought so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I saw I saw the word fire gym grade, and I thought we were supposed to give this a grade too. <laughs> well, that's I'll get to that in a moment, but okay. I'm going to say Necros seems more to me like a support faction now than it than it ever did before, even though I guess it's technically with the sacrificing uh, aspect, it's kind of a support faction. It seems like you don't really go Necros 
as much in dungeons as, like you do, like when you go mm-hmm. Imperial, quote unquote, or you go Guild, where you're just trying to get as many cards as you can. Necros is just a good way to help you uh, scrap down your 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 guff and uh, make and improve the efficiency of your deck. Um, it's it's like a glue faction almost. It's like a faction that you use to piece together other things that you're trying to make your deck work, uh, which is cool. I think it's different than the other factions in that regard, though. Um, and the the cards kind of reflect that. That's kind of how I'm my first impressions of Necros. Tim, what do you think? So, so I mean, Necros is doing the same stuff it was doing in the core set. It's set up a little different in this and that. Uh, but you're sacrificing, you're doing damage, there's a bit of economy, you got some top decking and stuff with champions. That's all stuff it was doing in the core set. It's just either amplified, changed around, this and that sort of stuff. Where I think the the set, the faction as a whole, and the set feels different is in the core set you have like uh, Death Touch and the Rot and some of those low-cost cards that you can get a bunch of damage with it at low cost and that's not in this set so it doesn't feel like it has as much damage because like the big damage cards are stuck from the shadows or uh drag below or last embrace and i think there's only one of each of those so you're not going to get like three rots and do like 40 damage from that you know And you don't need to faction it to unlock those, right? And that's what I was saying. The core set, you really want to faction Necros a lot. And this, you don't really Mm -hmm. need to faction them. They're kind of more glue cards. You don't really need to. Yeah, and so, like, I'm definitely going to splash into Necros. But I would in the core set, too, just for the sacrifice, you know? So it feels the same, and yet it feels different, which is kind of cool. Yeah, so, you know, I agree that necros is it's still doing a lot of the things it's known to do um but i i've they really did scale the damage back as tim pointed out there but it's still known for having these big damage cards when we look at drag below and and some of the other ones like that stock from the shadows um so it like it maintained that identity of having big damage but it's like not there on the cheap cards as much. <laughs> Didn't really uh, phrase that so eloquently, but that's fine. I do think they, uh, it feels like there's a lot more sacrifice in Necros this time around. Um, it just kind of feels like it's all over the place. Some of and, it's more situational. That's where. Yeah. Yeah. And they uh, went way more deep on that ability of moving the champions around from either the to the top of the deck or to your hand they really uh Mm -hmm. explored that mechanic a lot more so oh okay one last thing um daily asked us what would you grade a fire gem in all this just just to kind of keep things in perspective um and now that we've done all the factions maybe we can just do a quick grade of the fire gem sam what would you give a fire gem grade uh i think i'd give a fire gem a c it's always good to buy and you can scrap it for a three gold i'd give it a c yeah for me too it's like a solid c or c plus i would give it tim how about Mm -hmm. you i would give it a c minus because i'm only buying fire gems if there's nothing in the road that i want to spend my gold on or you don't want to reveal anything for your opponent right i mean there's there's definitely situations but Basically, I'm buying a fire gem if 
there's nothing else I want to get. Yeah. I was, when you initially uh, posed the question, I was thinking C plus, but maybe it is C. Um, you know, I feel like there's definitely a lot of worse cards than fire gem that you can add to your deck because the fire gem scraps itself out and is so good at, it's like the safe mm-hmm. thing to buy when you want to make that econ push in the um, early game. I mean, we could do a whole deep dive on fire gem itself i'm sure but uh we did do it yeah. i think we actually did do a um we did a little a card bit talk one. about it yeah yeah um yeah, I, okay. I, I i do think the value of the fire gem has dropped in dungeons it was a bit more okay. more valuable in in the core set yep all right guys so next up, we are going to do a quick little interview with our own newly crowned legend, Sammy Samerson. Woo! <laughs> Thank you, guys. Oh, okay, guys. So here we have uh, our returning legend, Sam Scrap Forest Parsons, uh, came back from PAX Unplugged. It was held in uh, Philadelphia. Correct me if I'm mistaken. Or mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. That's right. Um, at and, PAX U, PAX Unplugged, the game convention. PAX Unplugged, game convention. Uh, it was the legendary tournament there. Uh, Sam, you went, faced some fierce competitors, and were crowned the champion. Uh, we were all so happy for you. You gave us some really cool updates and reports while you were there, which you can find in here in episode 21. But since we have you back, we just wanted to ask you a few questions and, and kind of spend a little time lauding your achievement. So here we are. Um, Sam, I'll start it out first. Um, what was the best part aside from actually winning the legend? Of course. I mean, that's awesome. But like, what did you enjoy the most about the event itself? Ooh, well, if I'm honest, the whole experience, the coolest part was just meeting Adam and, and Dave. It's and Roser <laughs> and Larry too. Although I didn't get to hang out with Larry as much because he was like there for the tournament and then gone. But Androser and uh, Birdlaw, uh, we basically hung out the whole day on Friday together and I got to know them much better. We went to dinner afterwards. We did that episode podcast together. It was so cool to meet those guys. And I really, I really enjoyed it. So I think that would be the, the best thing to meet Rob in the flesh and Debbie. I was like, kind of was a little bit like, fanboy uh when i saw him i was like holy shit and i think uh funkhauser was there what's his first name Derek. Derek. yeah so i was like man these are all the guys that are building this game that i love like this is awesome um so yeah those were definitely the highlights was just the the people that were there and like oh i got to meet these creative geniuses that i either play this game with all the time and talked with on discord or that have made this game and how cool is that right so that was the highlight for me, for sure. Nice. Well, I'll jump in next. I just want to formally congratulate you, man. Uh, way to go on the victory. I'm not envious at all uh, <laughs> that you went there, became a legend. Um, you know, definitely happy for you on that. I am wondering, uh, how close were you to, like, going or not going? Was it, like, an impulse choice to, like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to give it a shot. Or were you like definitely planning on going the whole time? Does that question make sense? It makes sense. It was close to be honest. Uh, yeah. Chris. And they, first off, thank you. And I'm sure 
you if you can go to more tournaments, eventually you will get one because you're awesome. Um, Appreciate it. So I'm gonna keep trying. <laughs> that so that Saturday, like Birdlaw's awesome. He's inviting people months in advance, uh, and and many people that didn't even know that he was inviting. He's like, oh yeah, I sent that guy an invite. I told this guy about PaxU, blah blah blah. And so he did the same thing for me, like, you know, I think back in October. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. And I, I had it on my radar. Like, I remembered December 10th. And, okay, that's when PaxU is. But then when I actually looked, um, or I guess it wasn't December 10th, but whenever the hell it was. Uh, I, when I actually looked at the day, I had a company day off that they had just given us. It was like a random day off. And wow. I was like, oh, shit, that seals it. Like, my wife's at work. I got the day off. I'm going to go play the Legends Tournament. Hell yeah. So that's what really put it over. If I had to work that day, we're honestly busy enough that I probably would have skipped it. To be honest, I probably wouldn't have been able to go. So how uh, far ahead of it was it that you realized you had the day off? When was that? Uh, it was like the week before. It was like the week wow. before. Wow. So that's crazy, man. Because Birdlaw reached out again, and I so I checked my calendar. I'm like, let me check. Let me let me like just see. Dude, and then I was like, oh, my God. I have the day off. I'm in. Yes. <laughs> So, so yeah, cool. it really worked out. The stars aligned for me, you guys, in in multiple ways for this to to happen. So, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of a good question for you, Sam, because well, I think you you're, are I'm, the you are the other legend in the room. I am. I'm I'm the first legend from the podcast. That's right. <laughs> um, the original. Uh huh. Um. And my mentor, by the way. Yeah, and I'm going to take all this credit for you winning because I mentored you in Hero Realms. Um, no, uh, I do want to say congratulations. Like, you know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. When uh, you, like, had a picture of you holding the trophy and the sword and stuff and you, you sent it to me on Discord or whatever, I was like, is Sam just, you know, messing with me here? Did he did he take somebody's trophy and take a picture with it? And I was like, no, Sammy got that one. Because I hadn't heard anything from you. You'd sent some stuff early, and we I had heard some reports from, like, Adam and some of those guys. I didn't hear anything about you except for, like, you lost a game. And I was like, oh, if he lost in Swiss, he may not. I don't know. Well, way to go, man. That's awesome. Um and I was going to, you know, like, I have questions in my head, like, oh, what's different when you're playing physical? But you already went over those in your inter- in your interviews and stuff. So, mm-hmm. like, what, um, what do you think you would do to prepare for this that you didn't think of before you went? That's a great That's question. A great question play more paper honestly and (laughs) luckily i had played some paper like two or three weeks ago so i was even a little bit more prepared um going back to one of the things i said in those interviews that you guys aired already just to reiterate it um picking up on androser and bird laws like etiquette for playing your hand as Mm -hmm. a paper player is probably the number one thing that I would have hoped to read and or learn about beforehand. So I, I'm sure you have it in your article, Tim, about like being a legend, whatever, but I didn't take the time to read that. So like playing paper will bring that out of you, but really say, okay, I'm going to resolve my damage. Now this card has two damage. This card has three, just go very slow 
which is what Birdlaw said in my interview with him. Just go very slow. That is the number one advice because not only does it help you to be a good opponent and a good, like a considerate player when you're playing your game, which you will golden rule get in return usually. Um, it also helps you not be so nervous and to, you can kind of think fast, like think better through your turns and what you want to do. So that's probably the number one thing to prepare is to keep in mind just to play slow and do things really deliberately. You heard Thank you guys so from... much for the uh, the questions. Um, I I really appreciate you making a moment for me. And again, just a shout out to all the competitors and everyone who went to PAX U in Philadelphia. Shout out to all the people at the Hero Realms Wise Wizard booth. Thank you all. It was great meeting you guys. And thanks for putting on the tournament. It means a lot to me. And I'm very excited to see that card with my face on it. Uh, the masturbator will live. Who knows? Maybe I'll ask him to, to do a nice fisherman or something like that. We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Matt's face. It was so good until I'm going to have to cut out masturbator at the end now because there's no context for it. But all right, everybody, you heard a, it. A few you heard it directly from Sorry. the lips of the legend. Sam's Craft Forest Parsons, once again, congratulations on your win. We're so proud of you. And now we have two legends on the podcast. Chris, you and I have some work to do, bud. Yep. Yeah, man. We need that uh, <laughs> digital legends tournament so that uh, yes, please, more people have you. a shot at it globally. <laughs> okay. And uh, next, we're going to move into a long overdue version of Community Roundup. Okay, everybody, you hear that music and you know it's time for the community roundup. We haven't uh, given you any updates recently, but that's mainly because there hasn't been much to update on and we were focusing on the Dungeons previews. But here we are back again. Uh, first of all, I just want to say Tavern Brawl is back. Season four is about to start and it is going to take place in January. Right now we're taking signups. You can find the links in the show notes or on Discord. Um, the season will definitely be longer than last season. This was a big request from all of the players. So Noodle Tupe, the Brawl Master, has decided to make it longer. This time it's either going to be a round robin or maybe even a Swiss format. And they're going to use specific level challenges, starting at level three in the first round and increasing each round as you go. So that'll give kind of a different flavor and kind of the uh, they'll be able to achieve the original idea they had with the Tavern Brawl. So please check that out. Sign up if you're interested. It's a great event, not a huge time commitment, and it's lots of fun. Check out Tavern Brawl. Okay, up next is the King of the Castle uh, ongoing event, which is still going. We have two castles right now. King Horgel in Castle A is currently defending against Darklighter. In Castle B, we have newly crowned returning king, Noodle Tupe, and he is fighting Glitter Fart over in Castle B. This is a great ongoing event. Welcome to everybody. It's always open. Come and check it out. Sign up link is in the notes. Moving on next to the Joust. The biannual Joust is in full swing right now. Uh, we've had, I think we had uh, close to 45 unique players sign up for the event, which is really good. Um, things are progressing along. 
Um, nothing has been decided yet. The Wizard Joust is in the semifinals as we speak. The uh, Cleric Joust uh, is also progressing as we speak. I think we are getting close to the finals there. Uh, Noodle Tupe is actually in the finals. Rucksack is in the brown or the bronze match. Uh, Noodle Tupe will face either Degatsu's Meow or Raijin in the Cleric Joust final. Uh, up next, we have the uh, Fighter Joust, uh, which is also progressing along. Uh, thank you for bearing with me as it, as it loads up here. This one, we're into the uh, top four as well that's not fully decided yet. But Noodle Tope, Daily 23, and Andalus are uh, three of the top four people there. In Thief Joust, I should have done this alphabetically because I'm now all screwed up on the order. Uh, Thief Joust, we also have three of the four, uh, remaining four decided. It's Danderdag, Darklighter, and Noodle Tube. Uh, the fourth will be either Live Brave or Arcanel. Uh, last one is Ranger Joust. Ranger Joust um, is also progressing along. I think we actually have uh, two of the top four, Darklighter and Omsk 55, are in the... Uh, last four and they will be facing it looks like cory bear 88 horgle or either myself jigman linkba or live brave whoever wins that one so that is the joust we'll have final updates for you after the new year on this okay uh up next we have sammy he's gonna give us a quick breakdown of the legends tournament that he was in uh, it's all yours buddy thank you so much matt jigman rooks uh <laughs> I am going to give a quick Legends Tournament update or recap, I should say. So um, in Swiss rounds, I do want to shout out that we had Birdlaw playing with us. He unfortunately fell during the Swiss rounds. There were seven total players. Uh, four moved on to the semis. Uh, we decided once they got to four, they had to choose a character pack. Uh, we jointly decided we were going to do a whiz off. That was so funny and so amazing, and I'm glad that happened. So we all played Wizard. Uh, it started with myself versus uh, Craig. I did not catch his last name. I know it starts with an R. And his IGM is Umigame, or if you say that in American, um, I game. So that makes <laughs> sense in two different ways. Uh, Umigame, he told me, is a snapping turtle or some sort of a turtle. Sea Maybe turtle. you know, yeah. Jig. It's yeah. a sea turtle. Literally yeah. means sea turtle. His last name is Roberts. Roberts, thank you. Craig Roberts, how you doing, buddy? Shout out to Craig Roberts. He beat me in Swiss, by the way. He was the one. But I was I prevailed in uh, the semis. Uh, Adam Anverser played Larry Horgel in the semis. And Horgel was victorious, leaving me and Larry in the final match where I pulled it out 2-1 and uh, was able to win. It was really fun. And I, the other thing to add was that they gave us... All, all participants got a play mat, which was cool. Uh, Everyone got one uh, one promo card, which was uh, I wanted to go out and get the promo cards, but I don't think I didn't really have time before this. But if I remember right, there's a a guild one. I can't remember the names of them, but I can tell you what they do. So there's a guild one. Payoff and Tanit. Yeah, payoff. That's what it was. Uh, payoff. You, you can actually buy something. I think it's a, a champion from your opponent. So you can steal a champion from your opponent, which is awesome. Uh, and then tenant is the was the final one we got, 
Um, and then in the semis, we got one that was called Imperial Justice, which was a really strong Imperial card that does like seven damage. And Tenant, uh, when you scrap, like it gives you, it gives two damage. And then when you scrap a card, you can get an additional four damage if you do that. So cool promos were had as well. And then a quick roundup of their survivor tournament. There are 11 remaining in their survivor tournament. Um, we are down to Glitterfart, Eindelus, Omsk, the cat says meow, Vesellus, Rucksack, Noodle Tulpe, Dander Dag, User Caffey, Jigma Langpa, and Zimbu. I wish you guys all the best of luck. May you be the final survivor. And with that, I'm moving it over to Tim to give us some more community updates. All right. So uh, the Sparks and Recreation Digital Open, the uh, tournament I'm running that's basically set up like a Digital Legends, only you're not going to get a card in the game, right? (laughs) So we are, (laughs) because I can't give that away. Right. So uh, I am giving away a uh, card signed by Rob. So uh, that's going to be the prize for this one. Um, we are just about complete with uh, the fourth round of Swiss. Uh, I think there's one match outstanding as we're recording this. Uh, so far, we have three players that are undefeated in Swiss. We have Fino, Megan Marie 88, and Master Chulky that are all 4-0 in Swiss so far. Uh, there's a number, uh, let's see, uh, looks like 10 people are three and one. And then another like 15 people or so are two and two. So, um, with, there's going to be six rounds of Swiss. Um, if you go four and four and two, you have a chance of making it. So those four O players probably going to make the, the top cut after that. We'll see. Um, so that's where that is at. Once the uh, six rounds of Swiss are over, we will go to uh, a top eight cut, and that will be single elimination, uh, best of three with uh, uh, with heroes at level three. So that is Sparks and Rec Digital Open. And then for the Th- Thandar Combat League, we are in week two of season three. Uh, games are progressing nicely. Um New things with this season that there is this is uh, no heroes for the games, and we're doing just uh, one match of three games each week instead of packing a couple matches in a week. We're stretching the season out a little longer and just doing that. So that's going along pretty well. And then for Highlander, that's been on break for a little while here. I'm looking uh, mid to late January to start up Highlander for the next one. Awesome. Well, let's take it over to the Hero Realms Premier Circuit, the HRPC. We have been playing these games for months and months, and it has all culminated to these tournament brackets in the Cleric Championship. I am in round three facing off against Noodle Tulpe, and we don't really know too much else about that one. But uh, uh, the loser's bracket uh, has a ways to develop, so plenty of games left to be played in the Cleric Championship. But your boy Double Dubs is still in it on that one. 
Uh, for the fighter championship, all the dust has settled there. We've got Rucksack in first place. The cats is meow in second place. And our very own agency 13 has claimed third place in the fighter HRPC. Congratulations, my Watch friend. Down. The ranger. <clears throat> the Ranger HRPC has also come to a resolution with Noodle Tulpa showing off his skills with the bow and arrow yet again, taking first place in that championship match. Decatz's Meow with a solid second place finish as well. And Glitter Fart flexing those farting, glittery muscles in third place. Congratulations to all three competitors there. Next up, we have the Thief championship rounds we've got dark lighter waiting in the finals for the winner of rip and noodle tulpe and i'm not sure how the losers bracket of that's going to work out but i think first second and third will be somewhere between dark lighter rip and noodle tulpe um last but not least is the wizard championship where our very own jig malinkpa is sitting in the finals waiting for the winner of uh from the losers bracket to make their way up to challenge him that competitor could be the cat's meow noodle tulpe or your very own double dubs looking forward to taking you on in the finals my man some optimistic thinking but uh you know i'd love to see you there bring it on <laughs> and that's uh the hero realms premiere circuit all right, thanks. We've just got a few more here up next is the Game of Games, which is in week, I think, 97 right now. It's continuing along. Well, <laughs> uh, just kidding. It's not gone that long. Uh, right now, we have Decats and Noodle in the final stage. They're tied at 9-9, nine and nine, uh, doing their underdog matches. I won't go into the rules, A, because I don't understand them, and B, even if I did, it would take too long to do so. Uh, but this event looks like it's almost done. If you're interested in checking it out, Click on the link in the notes to read up in the rules and uh, access the um, details in the Discord channel. Finally, we have the Predator event, which is also in between events. There's no news here, but I think um, the last I heard was Daly was thinking about starting up the next season, either in January, perhaps February. So uh, stay tuned for more information on that. And that's your Community Roundup. Okay, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to part one of episode 22 coming up next we have the long-awaited interview with sam scrapforce parsons coming up in part two please stick around and check it out we made it to the end of the show congratulations you're a nerd Tune into the next episode of Sparks and Recreation for more on community events, meta analysis, and everything Hero Realms.